Broadcasting live worldwide. Thank you for tuning in to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Great to have with us once again our hardworking borough president of Brooklyn, known for many years, Eric Adams. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zev. And it is a real pleasure to be on with you in a long running radio show, over 40 years, I believe. I so feel old. <laughs> I'm getting to feel old. <laughs> So how how's the race coming along? It's a crowded field. You have more than a million that people running. Yes, it, it is a crowded field, and I believe that it is the proper way to exercise our democracy. It gives us an opportunity to hear a cross-section of opinions and thoughts and beliefs. And so I'm excited about it, and I, I enjoy you know the number of forums we're doing via Zoom. We, we do sometimes three, four at night, but it's really engaging. Are you doing actually regular, old-fashioned canvassing, campaigning? Is I know with COVID rules, it's tougher, but is that happening too? Uh, yes, it is. And we do it in a smart way, a combination of doing social distancing events. Like today, we had a protest demonstration, I like to say, with various leaders of different groups who really call out the hate crimes, crimes that we're seeing in the city, not only around uh, Chinese Americans and immigrants, but also the anti-Semitism increase that we are witnessing in the city and other groups that were targeted by hateful speech and hateful thoughts. No, it's certainly the case. You know, some Many in the Jewish community, especially in Brooklyn, which you represent, feel that some of that anti-Semitism remarks came from the governor uh, when they laid some of the blame for COVID on Orthodox Jewish neighbors. Not, I don't believe the governor is anti-Semitic, but some of his remarks were insensitive. So there is a lot of feeling towards that. Uh, your reaction to those feelings in the Jewish community in Brooklyn and elsewhere? No, so true. And, you know, when you look at some of the attacks, on even those who are part of the Hasidic community. When someone attacks a person that's wearing uh, all black or wearing, you know, a hat that's known for the community, they're not just attacking the individual, they're attacking Judaism. Uh, because people don't distinguish between Orthodox or Hasidic or conservative or reform. They don't, they don't distinguish between that. In fact, they just attack uh, the symbol of Judaism, and that's why we can't remain silent when something like this happens. Now, you have the largest, one of the largest concentration of Orthodox and Hasidic Jews in the world. Obviously, Rockland County, Brooklyn, Israel, but certainly such a large, large contingent. And describe your relationship with the community. Well, we in America, we have the largest. Uh, we like to say we are the Tel Aviv of America. Uh, particularly here in Brooklyn, we have the largest uh, Jewish population outside of Israel is here in Brooklyn. And I am really uh, pleased uh, by the long-standing relationship I have had 
uh, with all the different groups in the city, but particularly uh, the Jewish organizations and groups and people. Uh, I am well-known in Williamsburg, Borough Park, Flatbush, uh, the men and women of the Sephardic community, the Hasidic community, everyone from the Bubbers to uh, the Zelmans to the different uh, groups that are here in the city. We sit down together, we talk together. I spent so many days in Sukkot, so many days of really honoring Passover. Uh, I, this has been a great experience for me. And, and, and I, you know what? I don't want to uh, miss saying a happy Passover uh, to everyone who acknowledges the important part of the year. And I really want to wish the entire Jewish community a happy Passover. Now, thank you. It's coming up faster than we anticipate. Um, have you able to navigate? There's so many different Hasidic groups, and you're able to navigate the different groups and the different customs and different traditions of each sect? Uh, yes. You know, it's all about being respectful, understanding uh, each sect, communicating. And I think that when you do that, when you do that, you you know you prevent you know any uh, landmines of you know just respecting uh, each other, and I think that is probably the part of the problem we witnessed during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, there was no clear communication and respect of the cultural norms, and that led to some of the clashes that we witnessed during the height of COVID nineteen. Well, the Jewish community felt the brunt of that. I'm just curious, have you paid a courtesy call to Rabbi Yoshua Balkany in Borough Park? From what I understand, many mayoral candidates have come to him during the campaign for mayor. From what I heard, Curtis Lee was at the rabbi's house for lunch. Are you planning to pay him a visit during this season as well as some other leaders? Well, let's be clear. The pathway to City Hall is through Rabbi Balkany's house. Pence, what's on the... I have known Rabbi Balkany for many years, and I believe he's a respected leader. And I am going to uh, stop by and see him and spend some time with him and his uh, lovely family. And uh, Curtis probably just discovered uh, that Rabbi Balkany lived in Borough Park. But I am not a new friend. I'm an old friend, and that's what I say for the entire Jewish community on the whole. And see, now to get to Borough Park is what you're saying, and to Rabbi Balkany. Now, you got yourself in a little bit of hot water with dealing with the issues of government oversight of the secular studies curriculum in private schools and yeshivas. So what is your position regarding government oversight of religious schools when it comes to secular education? Well, I don't, I don't think it was so much hot water uh, than uh, an attempt to really put words in my mouth. And, you know, sometimes when you're doing interviews, uh, people don't really hear the full scope of the interviews and the energy and intention of the interview. That's why I love doing a radio show, because you can hear directly from people not allowing it to be printed a certain way without really hearing where uh, the heart and soul of the conversation. Let's be clear. Uh, I've always been a supporter of religious schools, from the Jewish schools to the Catholic schools uh, to uh, the Muslim schools, to all of our school system. I believe that uh, we should be respectful 
of education, and we should be respectful of the cultural norms. But what I enjoyed the most, Zev, is that when I took a trip to one of the yeshivas uh, in uh, Borough Park, and I've often been in many yeshivas throughout my time as an elected official, when I walked through, I saw the same thing that African Americans, Hispanics, and other communities are calling for right now. And that's culturally sensitive education. It's time for education to reflect the diversity of the children and the communities they come from. This is the same fight that all of these communities are calling for. And I was extremely pleased to see uh, the level of education, the attentiveness, and the excitement that the children have. Because we have taken away the joy of learning from education and we've made it robotic. And I'm going to partner with all of these uh, religious institutions as we take our energy and fight to Albany to redefine how we use criteria in, in, in defining successful schools. So you know, actually, when you're not for government intervention and in how yeshivas or Catholic schools and any religious schools run their curriculum. And that's exactly right. I'm not for uh, government intervention. If anything, we need government support. What about uh, tuition t- t- tax relief for parochial school parents? That's also a hot-button issue in New York. What can we do to relieve the burdens of Catholic parents, Muslim parents, Orthodox Jewish parents who send their kids to religious private schools where it's a double taxation? They're not getting the benefit of a public school education, which is about 18000 per child, and yet they're paying tuition on top of that. So true. And, and there are certain things we can do right away. And then there are long-term things that I believe we can push and fight for But right away, we can make sure all of these religious schools are getting the items that the government is allowed to pay for, such as books, computers, security cameras, transportation. Uh, There are things that you are allowed to give uh, dollars allocated to, and we need to make sure every uh, religious school is having the information they need and access to those funding because it is unfair uh, to uh, do a double taxation. And let's be clear, if every yeshiva would have would have had their children in the Department of Education school system, it will overburden the school system even more than what it is. And so we should be open to seeing how we can put together some form of voucher system and or look at bringing down some of the costs that's associated with running the school. I'm glad you said it because I've said to Jewish leaders, if there's no tuition tax relief, I personally believe that the Jewish parents, Catholic parents, other religious parents should get together and and register all the kids in public school. If you have 70,000 people and 70,000 kids register in public school, you have immediate relief tomorrow. They're afraid to do it, but that that's my solution if you really want to get attention. Our guest is Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams running for mayor. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
talk line radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. You're listening to Talkline with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. We're back. Our guest is Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. He'd like to be mayor of New York City. We're looking at some of the issues that affect all of us. What would you do, uh, Eric, if the State Board of Regents enacts a secular studies curriculum and then the mayor has to enforce it? What would you do in such a scenario? We have a new uh, regent um, head in Albany. Let's not even allow it to get that far. Let's go to Albany immediately. We have a more sensitive uh, group of lawmakers up there. I, I say this over and over again, and, and I really lean into this when we talk about uh, this new form of educating. It's time to really build this coalition of groups that want a culturally sensitive uh, education. It is not my goal to interfere with our various groups in the city on how they want to educate their children, particularly when you see in the quality of education that I witnessed the other day when I walked through the yeshiva, spoke to the children, looked at the books that they were using, and looking at material they were reading that they can identify with the, the, the images and the people in the book. You learn better. Science has, 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 science has shown you learn better when you see something that you can identify with. And that would, that would be my fight, not to destroy systems that are successful. And then think about this for a moment. I think that when you look across the city at the number of yeshivas and see their success, you know, people want to focus on a small number, but they don't examine the the success of the many yeshivas throughout this city that are doing an amazing job turning out doctors and lawyers and professionals and uh, business owners. We need to really look at these success and scale up these successes. What yeshiva did you go visit to in Brooklyn? Uh, I, I went to two. Don't make, don't, don't make me remember the name because uh, I'm bad on remembering all of the names. Uh, I was able to walk through with some of my good leaders in Brooklyn uh, in the uh, Borough Park area. And I, I went to several yeshivas in the Flatbush area as, as, as well. Uh, you know, but it, don't, don't put me on the spot and remember <laughs> the exact names right now. And no, no problem with that. So, listen, we, we live in a multifaceted city and a lot going on. So I know at one point in life you were a Republican. You were a police officer. You were a Republican to... Any regrets of being a Republican? Because today it's a dirty word. Or I think there really should be more of a Republican party because it's more exciting when politics is dynamic, when there's an opposition as opposed to one-party rule. Let, let me tell you something. Uh, when COVID hit this city, it did not ask if you were a Republican or Democrat. It infected you. When we deal with crime in our city, 
a person that's committing a crime never walks up to you and say, I'm going to uh, rob you or assault you if you're a Republican or Democrat. You know, I joined the Republican Party uh, many years ago because I felt as though the Democrats were not doing the right thing around public safety. Uh, they were not doing the right things around education. The Republican Party or the Democratic Party of today is not the same of yesteryear, and the Republican Party of yesteryear is not the one of today. Uh, I think that uh, what Donald Trump has done to this country has hurt this country. And I believe that at that time that was my way of protesting what I saw the Democratic Party not doing and wanted to say in my own way that we have to do a better job no matter what parties we belong to. No, true. Now, Bob, the irony is is that in Brooklyn you have the largest concentration of Orthodox Jews, certainly in the states. Also, the largest concentration of of Donald Trump supporters in the New York area are in the same Brooklyn area. So, I, I, so you have that you're close with the Jewish group, but they're also very big into being Trump supporters. Even today, you still have that. Did that have any conflict uh, with yourself or any other elected officials because of that strong support? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, and I don't, I don't think there's so much Donald Trump supporters as supporters and what they believe. I think we, in some areas, uh, you can look at uh, that New Yorkers want. New Yorkers want a safe street. Uh, New Yorkers want quality education. New Yorkers want a uh, business development. And sometimes uh, Donald Trump was, gave, was able to give that impression that was what he was pushing for. When in fact it wasn't, the salt tax devastated New York City. Uh, what happened to businesses in this city under uh, the Trump administration devastated small business owners. Uh, we did not receive our support here in the city. So I think when you really look at what Trump represented, it devastated the city of New York. And anyone who's not aware of that may have a tendency to say they supported him when in fact... Uh, Well, I think if you had a conversation with a lot of the Brooklynites in your district, you'd be surprised to hear a completely different picture. We have a few moments left. What I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, should Governor Cuomo resign? No, I think at this time that we have a process in this country of allowing investigations, deliberation, and then final determination. You can't skip over the process. And I, what I do believe because of the reports, uh, they were really horrific. Uh, a chief executive should not respond, should not be involved in these type of allegations. I think that he should allow the lieutenant governor to go through the budgetary process with the other legislators, and he should allow and fully cooperate with the ongoing investigation. Uh, but I am not calling for a resignation at this time. I think there's a process in place that's including the assembly and including the attorney general. They're both confident enough to get a full determination. Once the, if the, if the impeachment is ruled on in the assembly, it will go to the Senate and they would do their investigation also with the AG doing a concurrent investigation. Because I thought there could maybe be an opening to run for governor, too. So uh -huh. who knows what's going to happen. 
Not interested in that. I love New York City. Now, speaking of loving New York City, one of the great things about running for office is going to different ethnic groups and taste sampling some of those ethnic foods. It's a lot harder during COVID. So I'll ask you this question because you've been campaigning for a while. Any particular favorite Jewish food that you've enjoyed on the campaign trail over the course of time? So, so many, but I, I actually think that I have yet to go to a Jewish uh, dinner, reception, or restaurant. Uh, it's not a Jewish meal, but you know what? You have some of the best sushi makers there is. And, you know, you always bring your sushi chopsticks when you're at one of these events. Uh, but I love the, what is that? Uh, uh, the, the fish, what's that fish? How you pronounce it? You're talking like gefilte fish? Is that what you're referring yes, to? Yes, yes. Love it, love it, you know. But uh, there's just, uh, you know, good food is part of the diversity of this borough and moving around this borough and trying different meals and different foods. Because a lot of the kosher restaurants are suffering, a lot of restaurants in general are suffering. What can we do to help these businesses, especially in the food industry that was so devastated from COVID that I believe so many of them will never open up the doors again? Yeah, it's really unfortunate. And I think it's a combination. Part of the $6 billion that we're getting from the federal government, we need to make sure that we give real on-the-ground relief for our small businesses uh, the first rounds of PCP, unfortunately, went to the large business and corporations. Uh, we need to focus on our small businesses. I believe that it's imperative that we create a local banking network, that the Chamber of Commerce carry out the backroom office work for small businesses to really allow them to focus on their business. And we can do everything from relief around triple net leases uh, to uh, giving real flexibility and how the relief is coming from the federal government, not only to go to payrolls, but allow small businesses to use it in a manner in which they could see keeping their doors open. And then let's stop over finding our small businesses. We can't continue to do taxations and tax citations. Uh, I think we should suspend uh, all of the renewals and licenses to give our businesses an opportunity uh, to get back on their feet. And lastly, we should use our procurement dollars better. We purchase too, too much of our goods and services outside the city. Let's start purchasing these goods and services from our local businesses here within the city of New York. And throughout all those fines that they got during this COVID time where a lot of business got crazy, crazy fines, right? Yes, without a doubt. I walked through a borough park and saw and spoke with some local business owners, and they shared with me the number of fines that they received. Uh, we should have an immediate dismissal of all those fines that were issued during the COVID time. Mr. Borough President Eric Adams, mayoral candidate, thank you for being with us. Look forward to having you back again on the broadcast. Look forward to it, Deb. And again, happy Passover to you and all of my friends and supporters. And just brothers, I like to say, brothers and sisters in the Jewish community. Zav, I say this all the time. I'm not a new friend. I'm an old friend. And we've been together for a long time from giving money to security cameras to giving uh, ambulance uh, dollars to the uh, ambulance service and purchasing ambulance.
or two just being there year after year, fighting for the tap dollars and so many other things. We have fought together, and we're going to continue to make this a great place to raise healthy children and families. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. I look forward to having you back. And, thank you. and try to have some matzo with you. Go filter fish on Passover. <laughs> yes, will do. Take care. All right, thank you. Eric Adams here on the Talk Line Network, part of our ongoing series with mayoral candidates. Thanks for listening. Talk Line Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.